mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. Oh, I should put my glasses on so I can see who I'm talking to. Yourself. And I'm right here. Yeah. And when you got close to me, I could see your skin all real close and personal. So beautiful and dewy and glowy. Thank you. I've started steaming it again. I wasn't doing it Are you it steaming before. your vagina? 
I love a good bee steam. But... Have you had one? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. It... What's it? Oh, my gosh. So. I feel like I just pee. No. Because you, you should go to the bathroom before. Mm, I don't have a great bladder, so I feel I like. I, I mean, I, I, I pee constantly, but, like, it's different because, like, when you're when you sit on like a regular toilet, it's not warm with herbs infusing your vagina. <laughs> so they put like it's supposed to be this thing where it like releases toxins, which I don't believe in at no, all. No, you have a liver. Yes, like and if you don't, you have other health things that you yes. do to help with the toxins right. in your body. Right. Don't believe in it at all. I just like <clears throat> to feel good, you know. So just imagine like a nice warm minty herbal steam in your vagina like it just right now you're giving me Vicks vapor rub energy and that is nothing I want near my vagina but like Vicks burns minty but it's like a like a like a like a a York peppermint patty taste the sensation too icy too <laughs> it's icy. Not icy though but it's warm because of the steam because the steam is warm so like imagine like a warm mint though oh it feels good the like me- i i have i have a picture of myself in enjoying Euphoria. yeah yeah and i just want you to see it's I'm been ready. a while let me see if i can find the photo I can't be- look at you gooping gooping left right and center <laughs> as long as you keep it to just this and you don't become what you never would but you know those people who just get a monthly colonic, and I'm oh, like, no, no, that's no. so not good for you. No, 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 no. This is like once a year little treat for the cooch. She's been she's been so good all year. <laughs> it's like a reward. Wow. Oh, there here it is. First, your skin looks flawless. I had just gotten uh, a facial. Wow. So like, what is it? Do you sit on like a porta potty? It's like. Like if a toilet seat was wooden. So okay. like imagine kind of like, oh, like an outhouse kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and it has like a uh, like a little box underneath yeah. and then an opening. Mm-hmm. And then they have a bowl that has all the herbs and stuff inside of it. And like, I don't know what they put. I don't ask questions. And then they. I mean, sit, I trust those spas. You sit with a like kind of like a cape like when you get your hair done but uh-huh. if it went all the way around your body okay they come in after you've seated yourself and then spread them and they slide it underneath but the cape's covering everything so they can't see anything do you feel like a like a chicken about to get stuffed no well i guess some people might but because it's kind of like the same <laughs> i just felt look at my eyes look at that well i mean they're glistening yeah <laughs> Your skin's glowing. Your eyes are glistening. I've just gotten a facial. I've had. I had a massage. I had my whole body scrubbed. You had your I, whole steam. And then after I got, because you know when they do those full body scrubs, they get between your booty cheeks too. They get up in there. They get right, I, right up to the to vagina. Fair, I trust those women more than me too. anyone in the entire world. Like if I had to get a pap smear performed by anyone who wasn't a doctor, yeah, it would be someone who works at one yeah. of those spas. So they get right up at your vagina. So this is like the. Because you've had every other part of your body touched yep. at this point. Because they've washed your hair. I had my hair washed too. Oh my god! You make me want to go. I want to go. I haven't been to a crane spawn. That's what this is. I know. I know. Yeah. I haven't been to one in so yeah. and long. so. I, my, every part of my body had been touched except for getting up in those crevices. So this was the icing on the cake at the end. Did of the you services. just feel like like you had just been like a I hard reset? This. Yes. 
like thinking about like it, factory reset settings thinking about it right now i'm like i gotta go get back yeah, me too I was, i'm literally just like i like showered last night and i'm like i need to be that clean yeah oh I, my God, um, I, love that I went like right when everything kind of I started opening up and i had on my mask the whole time it was perfectly fine it's like it's clean anyway yeah constantly well a lot of people there wear masks and they wear masks prior anyway. to the pandemic exactly i trust those women with yes. my life yes oh uh, wow <sighs> oh, damn i gotta God. go like i'm really <laughs> damn we, we should go yeah we should go patreon <laughs> I Imagine. went to that one because Jocelyn and Lily did a video on it. Oh. And so I went to that because I saw them do it. And I was like, I want to go there. And then I started going regularly. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, Damn. Like, and everyone... now we have to sit here and do a fucking podcast and we could be getting our fucking ass cheeks scrubbed. Get them spread wide open and then pleasantly steamed after. You can't, though, like if you go get a wax, you can't do them on the same day. Be steam and wax. Um, nobody is waxing my vagina. I know. I had a sugar one time and it was before the movie when we had to have our snatch patches, which is like the little mm-hmm. naked strip. Fucking Sasha, her vagina hair didn't get long enough to shave it. Karuchi backed out. And then it was just tugging then I, at that point. So she couldn't do it because yeah. it was like too much. She's like, I got my legs out. I was like, you bitch. Then there's me. And she was like, you were like laughing, crying, screaming. Like you sounded like the Grinch. Like there were everybody I in the other room. I was mean, like, the last, when I used to get them done regularly, get it done regularly, I would get drunk before and take a Tylenol. And that's not good. Nope. Now I started, you know what I started doing now? You know, ball tremors? I get that. I've heard that works and really well. It works so good. And I don't have to wear it. I have sensitive skin. It's not nearly as sensitive as yours. I know. I did. Yours. I tried electronic like, one. I'm already sensitive. Good. Yeah, those no ingrown hairs. Really? Like, you get smooth. They're I tried great. and it did not do. Maybe I should need a different did you, one. Was it a specific ball trimmer one? I don't remember. I think that makes the difference. Because if it's just like ones that dudes use like for their mustaches and beards mm. or whatever, it doesn't, it, it's not the same. Whatever it was, my fragile, fragile skin does not yeah, enjoy yeah, yeah. it. That, this one just, and you're done in like less than a minute. Bzz, bzz. You do it in the shower? I sit on the toilet. Oh. To That's like, like a V-steam. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, I need to shave now, so maybe I'll place an order on mm-hmm. Amazon. Hello, welcome to another episode of Don't Blame Me, starring me, Megan, and our resident V-steamer, Melissa. Melissa. Woo! We are an advice podcast where we deliver wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice, and um, you ask for it, so we give it to you, unless we don't want to. Oh, look, this is a cute picture of us. Oh my god. First of all, you, stunning. Me, bridge (laughs) troll. Like, that is so bad. Please watch the video version so you can understand what photo I'm talking about. The video version of this podcast is available on Patreon. Support the show and support um, Melissa's bank account so she can continue to treat her punani with some peppermint patty steams. <laughs> Are you ready to actually, I guess we should give you the number. You might, how does this podcast work? Will you call what in? What even is it? What, the fuck, what the fuck is this? You call in. You watch Melissa shake her titties if you're on Patreon. That was just my shoulders. My t- not a tit was shaken. You shook. You can shake your t- shoulders. That your titties are moving. I mean, no, this is titty movement. Um, this is shoulder. It was movement. residual. Yeah, it's not the same. Residual. And they did, they didn't even see it because my computer's cut. Oh, out. what a shame! What a shame! 
You might be wondering how we give this wonderful life-changing advice to our viewers. And that is because you call, you leave voicemails, you tell us what's happening in your life, and we give you the best advice that we can. What we lack in credentials, we, we make, make up, up in for... opinions. <laughs> I was perfectly synced. And we're in person. Mm -hmm. Amazing, flawless, wonderful. So if you want to call for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voice at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Got to keep the audio message and the voicemail under three minutes from the time that you start talking. Like, you, you know, press be now i'm talking after the beeps after megan's done talking after i'm done re-recorded this thing is sold now. yeah it's true we ask that you let us know your ages in the call if there are multiple people involved in the story what their ages are your pronouns if you want and their pronouns as well and we want you to write it down beforehand practice pull out a timer make sure it's under three minutes but then also make sure you have as much information as possible so it's relevant then you can practice reading it out loud and then when you're finally ready to call you don't have to memorize it or come up with it on the top of your head or divvy from like literally you can just write a script and read it and then we can give you the best advice and maybe we will change your life maybe we'll ruin your life but either way you're welcome how are you doing you know i'm exhausted mm -hmm. yeah absolutely exhausted uh well i don't know what did you do this weekend that you asked me to come to an hour before we started <gasps> If nothing says Megan at the at like that any, moment, at if that, I would have saw it then, I would have made it. But I think it's like actually the most like perfect description of like how I am. Where so Moth bought tickets for uh like a, a movie in the park in L.A. and it was Brandy Cinderella and, and the, we love love. In, in case you're new, here. oh my god, yeah, <laughs> no. In case you're new here, like that is Cinderella when I was a child and I was going through like it was a really hard time at home during this specific time and I needed a Halloween costume and my dad like went to like the fucking Halloween store that like pops up in the year and it was like oh she loves Cinderella he bought me it was my only time ever having like a. I always wanted one of those fucking polyester Halloween costumes. It's my f first time getting one. He grabbed one and I was like, that's not what Cinderella wears. And my dad was like, oh, it's the cartoon one. And I was like, okay. But like, that was like, no, Brandy Cinderella is mm -hmm. Cinderella. Like that is my Cinderella forever and always. So the week before was my birthday and Mott had bought a movie in the park tickets at the Hollywood Cemetery for a league of their own. So he bought those tickets and... We get there for the last weekend and we finally like, you know, we, we get in, we like scan our tickets, we do all of that and we get to where the movie is. It did feel a little bit weird that like to watch people kind of cut through, like not walk on like the side part and like cut through and walk over people's grave. Like that made me like, supremely- It doesn't bother me at all. I, like, I used to live next to a cemetery was, and people would be like, oh, you live, and I was like, it's just a body. like. It's not like a person's actually in there. I think it's literally just proximity. Because for me, the only associations I have with graveyards are like, I was very young, really didn't understand what it was. So like the concept that like my loved ones who had passed were un like five feet underground, dead and six feet under. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Six feet under and like <laughs> dead and decaying like skeletons. Like it just really, it was very odd to me. Yeah. And also like people I didn't know, but like were family members who had passed before I got there or ones I did. Like I, it was only like a once a year thing. And it was like a very, 
I don't know. It was a very weird, serious thing that was like not explained to me well as a kid, which yeah. I like recognize now. I'm well, like, I mean, odd. I didn't live next to it until I moved here. So it wasn't like a child. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So I don't have like driving by them, you know, whatever. But it feels a little weird. People just walking all over them. So yeah. we round the corner and we see I it is jam packed. Like it is like people shoulder to shoulder. I haven't seen a single person wearing a mask except for a worker <laughs> there. And we are like walking around where they're like an hour and 45 minutes before the movie starts and there's no room anywhere. There's nowhere to sit and everyone who's sitting next to each other, like everybody is shoulder to shoulder with everyone else and no one is wearing masks. And I just look at Mots and he goes, let's just go home. And I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like, no, no, it's totally fine. Like there's A, nowhere for us to sit. And if we found somewhere to sit, like we're not going to enjoy it. We're not gonna be able to see the screen and we're just gonna be next to people breathing in our mouths. And like, we don't want to do that. So then with, I forgot about Brandy Cinderella literally until like 20 minutes before we needed to leave. And I was like, oh, didn't you buy tickets for like, didn't you say you had something like this weekend? Like you bought tickets for a while ago? And he goes, oh my God, Brandy Cinderella. I was like, Brandy Cinderella. And he was like, it starts like, and we are like a rushing. And both of us thought we were gonna get there and it's gonna be the same thing. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like call her and tell her to come if we find out that it's like totally crowded. So the second we see that it's not crowded, we get there. I text Melissa. And again, this is like the most me thing ever. I don't remember to text you prior. Don't give you a heads up. Like, hey, we do this thing. It's not texting until, hey, right now, please. And then I and I call, I text like a thousand fucking times. <laughs> and she's like, it, it's been a 15 minutes. You're like, I was working out. But um, next time mm-hmm. you will come. There's no way that they can't I do this again. I wonder they did the league of their own in. They did an Amazon brand deal. Yeah. I saw it online afterwards. That's why it was packed. Yeah, because there had a whole section for influencers, I yeah. think, towards the front. But Brandy Cinderella, we saw in the park. It was amazing. It was way more low-key. It was less of like, you know, some some of the, if you're familiar with LA, like you are probably, even if you don't live here, you're familiar with like the like Hollywood Bowl. I'm not Hollywood Bowl. Hollywood Listen. Forever uh, Cemetery movies showing there. And a lot of people go who are really into like, traditionally spooky stuff even if they're not into the movie they are like it's a cult following for that specific location this one wasn't there hollywood yeah too yeah so this one wasn't there so it was just like much more family oriented it was really sweet not to rub it in but they did have a cinderella and lots of little kids who came and took pictures of cinderella is she black yeah okay (laughs) just making sure (laughs) you know kiki played her oh yeah oh of course i know the one that the version that Brandy did because it was the Roger and mm-hmm. Hammerstein and the biggest crime of all and Nene Leakes was the fairy godmother Whitney Houston <laughs> and Nene wow Nene can actually sing too yeah yeah it didn't last long she got no, fired I'm not sorry <laughs> um but the biggest crime of all though the Brandy Cinderella is not on Spotify yeah you saw did you see my message to you which, Which should have been the tip off that they're doing like the original cast is getting together from Brandy Cinderella and they're doing like a special. Yeah. <gasps> and oh so God. that that should have keyed you in. That would have gave you like the tip off that it was coming up. It but I sent it like a couple days before. Oh. So next I was, time I was going to ask you if you wanted to get together to watch that. Together. Yes. Okay. I have not watched Brandy Cinderella. I don't know, maybe five years, six years, maybe a little more. My brain fog makes me forget where I live, everything. I have not forgotten a single word to any of those songs. Mott said that like his favorite part was just like, he said it was, he was like, it was really like, 
sweet. Like not only was he watching me like mouth all the words, be so excited, but he was like, I'm just looking around and it's mostly women, but he's like, I'm just seeing a bunch of women. You a little, most of them are older than me. And that's what I was like. He was asking like what the age range was. And I was like, it's definitely older than me. It came out when I was <laughs> like three, three something. Yeah. And he was like, it was just so cool to like, just see all of these, like all these like women in their like thirties singing along like cheesing ear to ear to this he was like that was like really sweet he loved it he thought woofy was the best part of it he did also love jason alexander um that was it they have to do it again like it was just so well done and everybody was so excited they literally had princess crowns to buy for everyone to wear and so that makes me think that this was either a fan request that went like wonderfully well and people I loved think it's it the anniversary too that's why they're doing the abc special oh. or i was gonna say or they've done this before and like people know and they love it Yeah. But it was just great. It was just so great. And like, I'm not one for like cheering in movies, but there is something different when you're watching Brandy Cinderella in a park and like she, her and the prince kiss and you just take care of it and go, woo! Like it was just wholesome and sweet. What about you? Anything new with you? I went to the Never Have I Ever premiere. I got to be two feet away from Mindy Kaling and I love her so much. I know. And that's the only reason. Well, I like that show a lot, but like, I was there for her. Yeah, not your cousin. We we were on the pink carpet. The cast was right there. Specifically Mindy. Specific. She was the last one to get there. Of course. Of course. Star like, behavior. Because it was like the limos were pulling mm-hmm. up. And I just kept looking. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then like everybody else had been there. And I was like, that's everybody. Like the star of the show was here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe she's not going to come because I know that they are filming sex lives of college girls or whatever. I was like, maybe she's not here. But then I looked on her Instagram and saw that she posted that she was on her way and kept. And then I saw her limo, the limo pull up. I saw it before anybody else did. And I was like, there she is. And then she got out and then I just waited on the carpet and then she was right there. What'd she wear? She was a good stylist. Yeah, she has a great style. She has somebody that I forgot what his name is, but he did all her style on the mindy project too and she she looked good yeah she looked no really she always good. i i always i always like the colors that she wears like yeah. i think her stylist does a good job of like dressing her mm-hmm. and of picking out stuff yeah well i'm so happy for you thank you i really wish though that like we could do like a zoom out of what red carpets were like for people when they see how glamorous it is i cannot describe to you anything more than like this specific one which is a very common one in los angeles just know that like those step and repeats, which is the carpet with like the rolled background that has like the logos or all that stuff. Just know that like 99% of the time that that is in front of like it was a Panera bread. And like, you know, like yeah. it's like in front of like a chain restaurant uh-huh. and like a pawn shop. And th- there's like a, a, like a Jamba Juice like within yeah. eye shot. Yep. And that's like what it is. And like uh-huh. you're walking by and you're yeah. on your way to your doctor's appointment and you just see this. And it's not long. You see uh-huh. something that's like, if it's a big one, okay, we're not going to talk about like award show big, but for like movie, yeah, see anywhere, they're, but they're, it's relatively small. Yeah, like it's not even taking up a whole block uh-huh. at all. So you just see that, and you're like walking on your way to your dentist appointment, and you just see people in gowns in the middle of like the street. Like I would be ready to go to class, and I'm like, can y'all please? It's a very weird, yeah, very very weird, weird 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 thing. And then they get back into their cars, and then you go home, yeah. And you're like, I'm wearing like a, a gown, and I wore a gown essentially to stand outside of a BJ's for like five minutes on a sidewalk mm-hmm. that someone put a carpet over. Anyways, let's take a break. Woo! 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today's episode is brought to you by... A sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there and it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends 
with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again and one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program the cheaper the books get book of the month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors one of the amazing things about book of the month is that every aspect of book of the month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers first of all the books come in a bright blue box which is very pretty me and megan were just talking about them there's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls, but happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work. 
which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we're back from our break. Maria into the calls. Roll the tapes. Hey, Megan and Melissa. I'm a 26-year-old female in a monogamous relationship of eight years. Recently, my boyfriend, let's call him Drew, age 28, came up to me as polyamorous. I felt blindsided at the time, but I'm not entirely surprised considering we broke up a year into our relationship due to him being fearful of commitment. I told him I would be okay with pursuing an open relationship after we are married and after he's had a vasectomy. We plan to get married next year. I also told him I would prefer to start slowly and go to swingers club and experiment together prior to pursuing relationships individually. Our relationship and communication is really great and our sex life is awesome too. My struggle with all of this is that he's recently confessed he has a crush on a girl who has recently gotten closer to everyone in his friend group and has slept with one of his friends already. I wasn't expecting him to be interested in someone that's in such close proximity or even distant considering we're not open right now. However, I am struggling to navigate this situation because I find myself fearful that he's trying to replace me even though he says he isn't. This girl is everything I'm not and I've witnessed their chemistry in person. She is aware that our relationship will be open at some point. But what really stung is when he told me what if she wants to meet my family. I'm not necessarily okay with either of us introducing new partners to family due to it forcing us to explain ourselves and this new lifestyle we're pursuing and forcing us to face their judgment. Am I wrong for not wanting that? He's anticipating coming out to them as Polly and I'm fearful of their reaction because I know they're very traditional. I know this is the scenario that isn't real yet, but I'm so deeply disturbed by the thought of him bringing a romantic partner to functions I've always been a part of. Also, how would you navigate your partner wanting to pursue other relationships while maintaining the one they currently have with you? I love this man, and I want this to work, but I'm trying to remain conscious of how much I'm willing to compromise on. Any advice on this would be super helpful because I have no one other than him to talk about this with. So thanks so much. Love the show. Quick clarity. Did she say that her husband came out to her as polyamorous? Mm-hmm. Is that? That's uh, Okay. Because yeah. my question is just, obviously, you're, I don't want to conflate, because a lot of times people conflate, like, open relationships or polyamory with, like, similar to being, like, bi or pan or gay or whatever. But, like, I, did he ask you if you were comfortable or was it, do you know what I mean? Like, did he yeah. ask if she was comfortable or was it, I'm coming. Is it a deal breaker? Yeah, like how was it proposed in a situation that is like, you know, I have I have a lot of friends who are in heterosexual relationships, realized they aren't straight later on and have come out to their long term partners is like, I am bi, I am I'm queer, I'm pan. And I just like want to let you know and that it's not about like nothing in their relationship changes. It's just now that they know that the person that they're with isn't straight. They know that like, oh, my, in this specific cases, these are like women, like, oh, this, my wife is bi, like my wife isn't straight. Mm-hmm. So I'm, a, I'm curious how this was proposed. If it felt like that was something that like 
had to happen in order to like quote unquote save the yeah. relationship from like your end college. Or Do you know what I mean? The boyfriend cheating. Well, yeah, but like along the but lines I don't of like say that in an offensive way. No, but yeah, but along the lines of like when you're when it's like I'm coming out as polyamorous, I don't think that that necess like that is like so unrelated to then being in a polyamorous relationship with your monogamous partner. So like was it presented with would you be interested in opening this up or was this this is who I am can f- change to fit this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was my main mm-hmm. question was like Everything that I know about polyamory, I have read in the book Ethical Slut, Mm -hmm. which I have. And I read it because I was going to do this podcast that we talked about, like things that could be, quote unquote, taboo. We had the author on and she shared a lot of information. And then I loved her. She was great. And then and I I heard the book from Gabby Dunn, who Mm -hmm. they have quote I think they even quoted oh yeah that that's how I we know it on when, from them here when they were on this show and then so we also had the author on just between us as well so yeah I said before like I could might be yeah I could be polyamorous maybe but the more that I've looked into it I don't think that I yeah. actually could be and from what I understand is that everybody in the polyamorous relationship should be open and honest about it and to me it doesn't seem like that you the caller like this is not necessarily something that you actually want and you're putting kind of like stipulations and stops and starts on it because and I might be reading this wrong and I apologize if I am but it seems like you're agreeing to this because you want to keep your boyfriend and you said that you called him your boyfriend you're not engaged yet but you said that you would be open this is correct open to exploring it once y'all are married yeah and you said you want to get married next year yeah but you're not engaged because you keep calling him your boyfriend do you actually want this is my question like do you actually want to be polyamorous because with the information that you're saying you don't want to be and then also you don't like that he's already showing interest in someone else like if you're polyamorous I don't think you can cut off like if you like someone else or not you know like you you can control you can control like acting on it which he's not acting but you've seen chemistry and it seems like you're very jealous of this and you don't want you actually don't want this like you weren't ready it kind of he was honest with you like I have a crush on this person that has also you said that he's that the person has already slept with somebody in the friend group like are they going to be poly amongst friends yeah there was a little judgment in that phrasing of that Uh um and I think it's because you don't you don't want to view I don't think you also don't want to view your boyfriend as anything other than being in the right so mm-hmm. it's easier for you to dislike her and think yeah. of her as a problem yeah so my biggest thing is like you said this is like i'm going to compromise but if you're polyamorous it's not compromising it's that you're also open to this as well and it seems like you're trying to do whatever you can to keep him as opposed to actually 
engaging in a polyamorous lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I wholly agree. Like Melissa said at the beginning, I'm in a monogamous relationship. I've never been interested in polyamorous relationships. So I can't speak from a place of like understanding only again by proxy. But this to me, I think he is what makes people who are polyamorous in polyamorous relationships. I think he is, you know, what gives people a negative stereotype of this because you're not in an open relationship. But he is telling a girl in his friend group that you will be in an open relationship mm -hmm. and he's flirting with her. And yeah. that's not okay. You haven't established your boundaries of what you're going to do. Like deciding to be, to, uh, deciding to open up your relationship, especially a relationship you've been in for a long time, but even a shorter relationship, the process isn't, you don't open up a relationship usually for one specific person. You open up a relationship because you've been interested in this for an extended period of time. And it's with the idea of this, the excitement of trying that. It's not like a, a sister wife situation where you're opening it up for someone who you've already lined up. Mm -hmm. That's not okay because that is crossing boundaries in your current monogamous relationship. Right. And I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, I didn't think it would be someone who is like so close in a friend group. And then he brought up the thing with like fam like meeting family. You are not on the same page. Mm -hmm. You have not communicated what an open relationship looks like, what you're comfortable with, what he's comfortable with and what the boundaries are. And I think that's because you're like Melissa said, I don't think this is coming from you. I think you are hearing this is what he wants. And you even mentioned like we broke up a year in. This isn't totally surprising because he was commitment. So you're relating this with he's afraid of commitment. So I'm going to get the marriage and the vasectomy so I don't have to worry, which again, they're not 100% yeah. uh, effective. But the way that you're talking about the things that you're like worried about, it's so clear that you haven't had this conversation with him. And he hasn't even thought to have this conversation with you, which to me is honestly a bigger red flag. I think if you are proposing to your long term partner that you're interested in being polyamorous, you really need to come with like the either I'm not interested in opening our opening our relationship up. But I do feel like I owe I want to share this information with you because I, I want you to really like know me. Or I was one, it's not a deal breaker for me, but I would want to open our relationship up. These are the boundaries that I was thinking, but I'm like ready to hear what things that you would be interested in if you are at all. But it's not like, it's just kind of like throwing out this term, like mm -hmm. opening up the relationship. And then it, to me, it feels like he's just kind of like showing his hand a little bit all the way through this to make you feel like, oh, well, he's being honest and he's telling me this. So then I can't be mad if this, 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 and this. And it, when you say that, like, we can open it up when these things happen, those things aren't like, that, that, you see you have good communication, but like getting married and getting a vasectomy, like that's not actually helpful at all in an open relationship. Like there needs to be boundaries and it mm -hmm. makes the, a very common boundary is you do not open it up to people with like mutual friends, people within your friend group, or you exclusively open it up to the people that both parties know. Uh-huh. You have to set those ground rules. So that's like the biggest thing that I've read from Ethical Sled is that you have to set your own rules. And if this is something that is like a deal breaker for you, him being with somebody in your friend group, then that needs to be a hard and fast rule that you set now. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to be super honest with you. I think that rushing to get married right now is like a really big mistake because I don't and I say this out of so much love you have proposed marriage as a solution to trust in a way and I don't think that 
you are going to actually feel that. I don't think that it's, I think you're proposing it as a a sense of security, but I don't think you're actually going to feel secure in a relationship just because you're married. And I think if anything, all that does, like marriage is a piece of paper. Yes. But like, you know, it's a lot of work to get undone getting married, like you you going through the legal process, if there's like all of that stuff, like it's always better to hold off on that. And it's the fact that he has already put the feelers out and started this process and broke your trust by telling someone that you are opening up your relationship, which to be fair, I think he is again, showing his hand in the sense that he's telling you a bit of what he's saying, not all of what he's saying. So you can't be mad at him, quote unquote, because he's being honest. But I just don't think that what you're viewing as security is going to feel secure to you at all. And then all you've got there is a truckload of paperwork and shit and the feeling of potential quote unquote failure. That's not really what it is, but depending on how you grew up and how you view divorce or separation, it might feel, whether it's financially, but definitely emotionally a lot harder to A, set up boundaries in this relationship and or leave this relationship. Mm -hmm. This just to me, your boyfriend is not being respectful to you. And I feel like it's under the guise of like, oh, I'm respecting him and his like, he's polyamorous. Like I need to make sure that I'm being like inclusive and respectful, but that doesn't come at the expense of your own respect and your consent and your boundaries within your relationship. And I think that he has broken that and- I, I think that before you do anything, that needs to be see, you need to see if that can be mended. Yeah. I also, my toxic advice, I would meet this girl. I would meet this girl. She has, hasn't but she? She said that she's seen their chemistry. I would like meet her in a in a context where he's not around. <laughs> I thought you were going to say meet her in a back alley. Oh, well, yeah. But no, I'm kidding. Because you have a lot of animosity yeah. towards her. And my thing is, I don't know what he's told her He's told you what he's told her. You don't actually know what that is. And I, I don't know. I also have a really hard time with people who men specifically who speak about like women in their friend groups. Who's like, she slept with this person, this person. Like, So this is just locker room talk about a boy told you something. And now you're telling someone, you don't even know that that's actually true. Like, you don't know any of that. And like, I really don't like when we speak about women sleeping, sleeping around allegedly with these kind of narratives. And then he associates her with opening up the relationship, which makes you associate the relationship with opening up the relationship with her and has any, you haven't talked to her. Like you Mm -hmm. don't know her. And I think she might have some more information than you do. And, or maybe it's been abundantly clear that he has been emotionally cheating with her. But I just don't think that he respects you. And I think that you need respect to be in a relationship and you can't respect him enough for the both of you. Yep. I'd be so upset. Yeah, me too. All right. Next call. Next call. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 29. I use she, her pronouns. My friend, I'm going to refer to her as Lily, is 32 and also uses she, her pronouns. Lily and I have known each other for about seven years. We've become very close. I used to live with her for about two years during COVID. And during that time, we became very good friends. Um, Where I did lose her some respect for Lily is right when the vaccine came out. She claimed to be too scared to get it. She said she wasn't anti-vax, but because it was so new, she would take time before getting the vaccine, yet still hasn't gotten it, and used to take ivermectin as a preventative. So, of course, we thought about that, and I lost a lot of respect for her. And I was been triple vaccinated. I got vaccinated as soon as it was safe 
and for me to do so. And eventually I kind of had to stop talking to her about it for my own mental health. And I wasn't comfortable living with someone unvaccinated, yet at that time I wasn't able to move out. She got COVID twice. She got it in 2020. And then unfortunately we both got it at the beginning of this year, which thank goodness I was vaccinated because it sucked. Um, anyway, fast forward to now, I moved out in May. And despite that, we have remained close friends. Where I'm struggling now is I was recently diagnosed with stage one breast cancer. Lily has absolutely been there for me. She's been very supportive. As you know, medical bills become insane. She kindly created a GoFundMe to help support me, and she's been there for me. I did have a lumpectomy back on my birthday a few weeks ago, and thankfully it was a success and they able to remove the cancer, yet I will still have to undergo chemotherapy in order to prevent the cancer from ever coming back. Where I need some advice is regarding being exposed to someone that's unvaccinated during this treatment. And just want to say, I plan on asking my oncologist and nurses about this as well, but I just, I value both of your opinions and wouldn't mind hearing what you guys would maybe do in this situation. No matter what, I want the people around me to be wearing N95 masks, but would you guys be comfortable being around someone unvaccinated at this point during this panini? And if you're not comfortable either, how would you approach this topic? Lily is a very, very sensitive person and will likely have a big reaction. I don't really want to deal with that either. So if you can help me out, I really appreciate it. And I love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. You can't be stupid and sensitive. Yeah. We do not like to be around people that are uh, that haven't been vaccinated. If we know for a fact that they haven't been vaccinated. we I don't do not like people who are not vaccinated. We also wear our mask everywhere we mm-hmm. go. Also, we both have compromised immune yeah. systems, too. So, I mean, we're not in the same situation. No, no, no where, yeah. It's not, you know, you you have a support system and Lily has been part of your support system and has also raised money for you. And it's a, it's a new, this, for you, this is a new, this is a time period and uh-huh. it's a very scary time. And, mm-hmm. you know, chemo is not something that everybody goes right. through. And I'm so happy that, you know, that they were able to get the lump out. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sorry that you're going through this, but the, the thing is, like, your health is so important, especially right now. And anybody that doesn't understand that should not be physically around you. I can't even say, like, present them with the facts because all the facts are there. Yeah. Everything's there. It's been three years at this point. Like, everything's there. Lily can read about it. And Lily has chosen not to do that. Lily is choosing not to protect her friend that she says that she cares so much about. Lily is putting your health at risk because she's choosing ignorance. So I would say, Lily, I really appreciate you being there emotionally for me. I appreciate everything that you've done in my life. I appreciate you setting up the GoFundMe. But at the end of the day, none of that really matters. Because you're not putting, I know, I understand that you don't, you're, you're, you don't care about your own health. You're not putting your health first, but my health, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sick and my immune system is compromised severely and you not getting vaccinated and thinking that you can come around me. What you're doing is essentially bringing a harmful weapon and pointing at me and hoping I don't walk into it. Yeah. And so I cannot allow you to physically be around me at this time. 
I love you, but you can't physically be around me. I know you're going to be worse. But no, I'm I think that's very nice. My, I'm trying to put myself in yeah. the caller's position because this is a tough yeah. situation. It's very tough. I just want to say if this was like, if you were my friend, this would be like the bare minimum. Like I mm-hmm. think like starting a GoFundMe, that's nice. I'm not trying to discount it. Like I'm not saying that like someone shouldn't have started a GoFundMe for you. Like I think that's like very important. I have a childhood friend who is currently in the process of being diagnosed with cancer and another one of our friends set up a GoFundMe and like that, I saw that and I was like, wow, I'm so glad that those, that they're still friends. Like that's so sweet to see. But like Melissa said, none of it actually matters when you're hypothetically caring Mm -hmm. unless you're practically caring. And practically caring is actions. And actions aren't fundraisers. Actions aren't like words of kindness. Actions aren't verbal or nonverbal support. Actions are like preventative medical measures to ensure the best of their ability that you are safe. And even if I was vaccinated, I mean, I am vaccinated, but if I was your friend and I am vaccinated, but you are currently going through chemo, if I'm going to, if you need me to come see, I will be like, whenever you need me, let me know. I am isolating for 14 days Mm -hmm. beforehand. I am not going to the grocery store. I'm getting everything delivered. I am wiping everything down that gets delivered. And I am making sure that if I'm, I'm testing my temperature every day, I'm testing myself every mm-hmm. day. If I have any change in symptoms that I will not be around you, even with my, even I'm going to N95 mask on, I will put on a whole fucking hazmat suit. I will do all of that as a vaccinated person to mm-hmm. see someone, to be there for someone. I also, as a vaccinated person, would not assume that my presence is welcome with somebody who is immune compromised ever. I'm never going to assume that they want me there. I will ask if you want me there. I can be there. I can do all of that. I will offer my support. I do not think that my friends and the people that I love value my presence and will assume a risk of Mm -hmm. their own personal safety for that. I don't think that. I know you said that she's sensitive. I think, I don't know. I have a really- your feelings. Like, feelings aren't facts. I have a really fucking hard time with people as adults who can, who- we recognize them as like, oh, they're, they're really sensitive. So I have to tiptoe around how I talk to them. That to me is what you do with family. That's what you do with like people who you might have, you know, it's not like a narcissistic, really toxic relationship, but it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. You don't do that with friends. I, I am, I'm a firm believer and I'm not going to have to water down what I'm saying to be pleasant for someone else to ingest. Like if you can't just take the facts and like what's actually happening, if that makes you feel personally attacked, if you make me having cancer about you, that is the biggest fucking red flag to me. Like the absolute biggest. I think the GoFundMe and all of that right now, it's, she wants to say that she's a good friend and wants other people to think that she's a good friend and view her as being a good friend without actually being a good friend. Yeah. And I don't think you can be a good friend without getting vaccinated if you're able to, mm-hmm. and she is, and she's also in, not smart <laughs> and taking ivermectin as preventative measures. And I don't want to like judge you at all for like why you're friends with her in the pandemic, especially. I think we all have a lot of proximity friends and it can be really hard. And people like, sometimes you just want to move on from these difficult topics where you don't align with someone because it's harder to make new friends or harder to have another connection and you want to still have said connection. But if, this was me, I would send her a message and I would be like, hey, 
I want to let you know, I really appreciate how you have like been there for me through this and also starting the GoFundMe that was really kind. To be perfectly honest, I'm incredibly upset that that in the part of caring about me and my well-being, in no part has that changed the fact that you're still not vaccinated. I, you have had so much time to learn about this. It's important to care about people as a concept, but the fact that you still can't care when it's me right here in front of you, like I can't, if I get, I'm, do you know what chemo does to your body? Like, mm-hmm. do you know how hard that is? And I am at this point in my life, I'm not having people in my life who don't care about me in a practical sense. And you're not one of those people. I really hope that you will take it upon yourself to educate yourself about the vaccine and about COVID and the importance of preventing transmission and reducing viral load and all of these things. And also what I'm going through with chemo. And I really do hope that that will change your perspective and you will be vaccinated and also understand why you need to then go within to the anti-vax communities that you've become a part of, because she inevitably has if she's taking ivermectin as a preventative measure, and educate the people in your lives who you have been vocally anti-vaccine, COVID vaccine about. And she's gotten COVID twice, so like... Well, then it becomes survival, survivor's yeah. bias, survival bias. But I would be like, I appreciate what you've done for me, but it truly doesn't mean anything if you're not going to actually value my health And that's it. And I don't think that when you're done with chemo, you should be friends with her still. I don't think any of that. I obviously can't relate on this level. But like Melissa said, like we both have compromised immune systems. And Melissa's like my only friend who takes it serious, like the same way that I do. And like all of minus like one or two, maybe all of my other friendships have changed except for ours. Like Mm -hmm. all of them have changed. And it's hard. And it really sucks to see that like, you know, at first, the beginning of the pandemic, when it kind of started to feel like, wow, does it feel like I'm (laughs) all alone? Like, what do you mean? Like, everyone's viewing this and not viewing this. And then it just, we had the science Mm -hmm. and we had that. And then also, I, I mean, I've personally been dealing with long COVID since I got COVID and seeing how, you know, you justify people's reactions to things by being like, well, I'll be the exception to the rule. Like, they're not, maybe they're not taking it so seriously, but like, if it happened to them or happened to like they totally would. And it's not the case. And it's really hard to deal with, especially like when you are like sick to have that kind of recognition. But I think COVID has made our social circles and our worlds feel really small. Mm-hmm. And it's made it so we can think of like hypotheticals of or like you see on Twitter, like people who are like really supportive of like like social distancing. And then you see people who are doing absolutely nothing. And it feels really out of body weird. But then also our social circles have have consolidated so much that when someone is doing a little better than somebody else in terms of, you know, like safety protocols or no one's doing anything, it feels like that's the only option. Like that's it. Like those are the only things there and those are the only relationships. And so it's either you have no relationships or you accept those ones. And it's not the case. And I mean, I, I think you obviously know that because you called in and you know how our, our stances are on anti-vaxxers without the added aspect of your, what, like what uh, chemo is going to be doing to your immune system and your body. And this person, like, I know you said that they've been there for you. To me, the things that they have done to support you have been really forward-facing 
performative, maybe. Mm-hmm. We don't know her. No, we don't. But to be fair, I think it is a pretty fair assessment to say someone who is an anti-vaxxer who's not getting vaccinated for COVID as their friend has chemo, setting up a GoFundMe for them to pay for their medical bills for chemo is a little performative. Because it's like, oh, I care so deeply about this. They're going through this. How can we, like, like please contribute what you can, do what you can to help. You want to ask people to donate money, which they should, but you're not even willing to go get a free vaccine. That to me is just so, so gross. And that paired with you saying that she's sensitive feels like she does a lot of things for the recognition and having to mitigate your response to something that she's allegedly doing for you. To me, screams someone who's doing things for praise and anything other than praise is bad. This makes me really upset. And I also don't want to tell you to like cut off all communication with her and stop being friends with her. Especially at this time yeah. when you're going through something that's, that's so, really hard. Yeah. And I don't know if you have like, I don't know even what the protocols are for like chemo right now for if you can like have someone who's in like a waiting room like there with you. Like it's a very isolating, very lonely thing. So like by no means am I suggesting that you cut off who potentially might be like your only source of like a social support system. But if she's not, and if like what we said has like rung true, just know that even if she's your only support system right now, she's not the best one. And there's someone better out there. And there's nothing wrong with maintaining a long distance kind of relationship because you like the comfort of someone sending you funny TikToks, like checking in with you, asking you how you're doing. And the second that you have a larger friend circle or chemo is done or you can expand that, walking away from this friendship and never looking back. Like, you need to do what you need to do to get through this. Yeah. I really, really, really hate her. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, on to the next one. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 27 years old. I have she, her pronouns. And in one month, I'm going to be going to my first work conference in a new city, and I'm very excited. It'll be me, my boss, and four of my coworkers. Three of them are under me and live leadership hierarchy. I hold a team lead position, so I do have a level of leadership role. I don't have firing power, and I'm not involved in disciplinary action. My role is to be a leader, train new staff, be involved in, quote-unquote, big-picture meetings with leadership, and take on extra responsibility as needed. I've been working there for over a year, and I really, really like this job. We were picked at random who can go on the trip, and I was super happy that myself and a couple of other people that I like get to go. However, one of my coworkers, who is a very vocal Trump supporter and a heavy conservative, will be going with us. She's 24, uses she, her pronouns, and has been with the company about six months now. She's one of my coworkers that's considered to be under me. I'm really nervous, honestly, because at work she'll find a way to bring up politics, and I think she thinks we're all on the same page. I never engage, and I change the subject pretty quick because I don't want to get involved in a political discussion at work. I love my job, and I don't want to be seen as unprofessional in any way, so I just write her off usually and move on with my day. But I find it especially tricky in the leadership position because I know I need to set examples for people. I don't see her often since we work mostly remote and are only required to be in the office once a week. So I'll probably see her twice per month, absolute max. However, at this conference, it's like we'll be spending lots of time together in and out of the conference setting, and I'm scared I won't be able to hold my tongue for four days straight. We're flying there as a team, staying in the same hotel, and obviously going to the conference and doing things together afterward. I don't want to avoid everyone altogether because I'm really excited to go and experience the city. I'm also excited because my other coworkers that I'm close to will be there, and I want to spend more time with them. I'm just afraid that I won't be able to keep my cool being constantly around this other girl, and if she brings up politics or just say things that I think are dumb as much as I think she will, I'm going to get angry. So any advice or assistance would be appreciated. Um, hopefully I got all the info we need in here. Thank you so much. Bye. I desperately need to know where you're from and where this work conference is because you sound so excited. Yeah, like sounds like fun. Well, I this is why I'm like, there has to be a catch. Like, not that like this isn't going to be fun, but there has to be a reason why you're so excited that it's going to be so fun. Well, a lot of work conferences, it's like they have these like 
things that like speakers set up and yeah. that's not the fun part the fun part is all the free food and booze after the con like that you eat but i mean it probably has to be like a city that you've either never been to that you wanted to go to that's like i like can't imagine that you're in new york city and you're going to a conference in iowa and you're like fuck Maybe yeah you just want to get away like if this is my first work conference i'm gonna be excited about it you are yeah i <laughs> that's because the work conferences that you've been to you're kind of, you've kind of been like on stage right like yes but also and it's different in the entertainment field yeah no i i yeah so i my question i was gonna ask you is like is it the same feeling as like going to i guess i have to like just take about it not with the it has to be early on so like i guess like playlist live would have been a work conference like when i was first going and we were stoked because we were just like getting hammered and raging exactly think oh, okay. about it like like you have to go to work, but there's like a field trip, like the fun field trip of like, that's still work, but it's work outside of work with the food and the booze. You're just getting drunk on the, someone else's dime. And, you know, networking and which like, you're going, it's like, fun. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Yeah. But I just, cause I don't have like a normal like job thing. So also like a lot of it's not some things are comp, but not all of it's like free. So I'm like, well, then I'm paying to like no, no, hang no. out with like people that I work, work with. Conferences. Oh, it's all free. It's okay. all free. Oh, okay. This is the exciting. Company then. should be paying for all. Okay. Of it. Okay. If it's not all free, sorry, but it should be all free. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense to me. I'm a little confused how what she's doing is not unprofessional. Yep. Me too. And my thing is, is like, I don't think anyone doubts my political affiliation, but. I I don't I I think since she believes that everyone's on the same page, that means that you might be carrying yourself in a conservative way. I'd be really embarrassed. And maybe don't like she feels comfortable enough to speak and maybe, you know, like drop drop. This is this goes into like our, our game that we're going to where you just drop things like climate change, you know, just oh, it's hot climate change say 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 things like that Ooh, i saw that the uk has approved the new vaccine can't wait to get my next booster which they have so that means we'll probably get it in uh, within the month what else what's another good one it, there there are some that are like so to me i don't even know how conservatives like bring them up without because i was just like how do you oh, gotta make sure I remember to bring my birth control on the trip oh yeah See, mine was like, I can't even be creative. I was just like, immigration. Like, I was like, I don't even know how you Same form thing. a sentence Same about thing. like in, I just don't think that's when you can. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I do agree with you. Like that, like, you know, laying, planting the seeds to show that that's not what you align with. I also agree that what you have done in your mind, the goal of it was to shut down and avoid. That hasn't worked. All that this, all that has done is made you a passive participant in this to the point where she thinks you align yourself with her views. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't think that that is like the right approach. I understand why that was your initial approach to me from how you're describing this. You're like, I know if I hear like, I'm going to go off. It sounds like you're someone who self identifies as hot headed in these situations, as am I, I very much relate to that. And so there is a way to shut it down that is professional while making your position really clear. And with weaponizing yourself as a victim, which is, I think, what you need to do. So the next time you say it, it's like, say her name is like Ashley. Like she starts bringing up, it's like, Ashley, 
I'm sorry. It's just that makes me like supremely uncomfortable. I just this is a work environment. And I think talking about politics and, you know, not believing in, you know, being against like civil rights or human rights in this, like as as a woman in the workforce, I'm feeling supremely uncomfortable and unsafe with this conversation. Scare the shit out of her that you are if you if you're a white woman, I don't know if you're a white woman, me as a white woman. This is the time if she is also a white woman. She's referred to her as this conservative person who has very horrible ideas. But this is the, you know, white woman tears, bad in 99% of this. This is the moment to me where I'm like, you need to victimize yourself to her. She's also, she's below you. If you make this be like, oh my gosh, I'm so, that makes me mortify her, embarrass her, embarrass her so she doesn't do this to anybody else. And that is not unprofessional. What she's doing is unprofessional. And that reaction tells her what she's doing is unprofessional and mention that it makes you uncomfortable and feel unsafe as a, you can even specifically say, as a progressive woman in the workforce. And that's what it is because you're not making your position clear by shutting it down. A lot of those people could talk to a fucking cardboard box about it. Like they actually are not, Mm -hmm. they're talking to talk. And I do think that you should like, I don't know what position you have. I don't know if you're at a company that is like large and has an HR department or if you have like an HR, if there's like, um, if they go through a certain, you know, organizations that do when you have like these are those like educational videos you have to watch about like employee interpersonal Vocational training. Is yeah, that stuff. Like if you have like a handbook that you were given or if there's an online resource, like looking about how your company, whether they have their own specific standards or they align themselves with a specific kind of this was the the education that we gave for HR for our employees and all of that how they view speaking about politics in the workplace because the professional thing to do is if she is speaking about this which is not considered an okay thing especially to work conference where there are other people who are not specifically from your location your job there are other people there she's representing the company I would, before you even go on the trip, I would just pop your head into HR's office. Like, hey, can I pick your brain really quickly for a second? I don't want to get into like names or anything. I'm not actually sure if this is against our policy at the office, but I just want to make sure that I am on the same page, that we're all on the same page before I go to this conference because I know I'm not just representing myself. As an employee, I'm representing the company there and I want to make sure that I'm doing so like adequately. I do want to know what our our belief system is and our protocol in talking about politics with coworkers and or to a, to, to a volume level where other people could overhear, even just talking about the coworkers and or potentially talking about it with other people who are involved at this conference. There's been someone on my team who I work with who very frequently talks about politics. My approach, which I've just been doing, I'm not sure if that's the right one. I've just been like walking away from the situation, but I've grown increasingly uncomfortable to the point now where I am a little concerned if someone overheard her saying this at, during the, the conference, or if she mentioned it to somebody else at the conference, but I'm not, it's not my place obviously to discipline. And I'm also not sure if that's something that is, we're very okay with personal politics being spoken about in the office while on company time with the name tags, with like the companies, all of that stuff. I just, I want to know if this is something that I should be reporting this person to you and like letting you know, but I also, if this is okay, I don't want to be overstepping. And I think if you have HR, I think that's like a great way to go about it. That's actually really smart. I do think that walking away from the situation does not make, you're doing that to like protect yourself from like blowing up at her. 
but it doesn't actually stop her from doing that. And it, it also does not make you look great. Like your company might be like incredibly progressive and they are not okay with people having and spewing like, uh, I mean, at this point, most conservative shit is hate speech in the office. And knowing that she's doing that without saying anything to somebody else and also just kind of walking away, it can make you look like a guilty bystander in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. And I don't think that you want to be associated with that. And the best way to not be associated with someone is to put that on someone else. Yeah. And to be like, here you go. Her, She's your problem now. Yeah. Sure. Good call. Look at me. HR making moves. Can I just say one of the greatest, not insults, but like the commentary that comes from Love Island is the greatest thing in the entire world. But once girl specifically, Danica was on Love Island and she didn't have the greatest chat. She was a little stiff and someone on Twitter, which they've run with it. Everyone talks about it. It's she's associated with this. They said Danica moves like HR and she's like embracing it now. And she goes, you know what? That's fine. I'll move like HR, like maybe a little stiff. Like she was in a long-term relationship and had never like since high school and like just broke up and she's in her early 20s. Now I feel like I know a little bit more about HR because they're saying that she talks like HR. And I was like, I feel like I understand HR a little bit more. (laughs) Love Island is an educational program. (laughs) Coco will get it. She can laugh with you. I can't. Coco, I got to hear who you loved this season, who you hated. Oh my God. I just, I need to know. I need to know your thoughts and opinions with Gemma potentially getting the PLT deal and not India. Yeah, Coco. If India doesn't get the PLT, I will riot. Uh-huh. Gemma needs like yeah an express deal, a White House black market, something with sensible trousers. Yeah. She gets I it. I used to love, it was one of my sh- I just, stores in college. just want you to know that as I was saying that, I go, Moses is going to identify with mm-hmm. these. When I was in college. No, Gemma, you would love how she dresses. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with how she dresses. She is 19 years old. Homecoming court. We wearing slacks? Oh, I thought you meant high school. No, no, college. Because we had, you were, it was like business casual and we walked down in the field, but I had a white. Why is there homecoming court in college? Because we had a football team. Same thing. What? We had a football team. What does homecoming have to do? What does homecoming court have? means that alumni come back home. So. But why do we have a court? That I think it was probably because at when it was established, women couldn't be didn't play sports, and so they're like, we got to get the women involved in this somehow, and so they started having the court for it. But do you have men on the court as well now? But I don't think they used to. Oh, so who votes on that? The school did. Oh, everyone. So just like smart twenty thousand people. No, it wasn't smart. But then how do they even know who you are? Yeah, but how is the school? Oh, you meant the students. Yeah. I thought you meant like the board of trustees is picking names off of a list because they know them. No, no, no. Wow. So you get nominated. So you get nominated by one of the student organizations and another girl in my sorority wanted to run for the sorority. So then I had my favorite fraternity nominate me. So they nominate, well, they, they asked, cause I was like, well, their, no, I mean, no, no I shame. was Miss Black and Gold, like they're like, yeah, exalted in their fraternity. Yeah. And so then they said, well, we want to nominate you for homecoming court. And I said, great. So then I got nominated and I had to like send my resume and answer some questions. And then the board of, you like, went students, to college in an MTV reality <laughs> and show. And the students 
like on um, that were like the presidents and I was president of MPAC so I had to recuse myself from voting so the vice president well, had to vote. So official. And so then they voted on like the people that moved for it for first round. Who did? And then like the student like all Go- the clubs at the school okay. get get a vote. Okay. Since I was president I had to recuse myself. Yeah. For it. So the VP so then that first round was like getting voted upon just like on paper. And then you, after that thing, you got to move on. And then the second round was interviews that you had with the student body. And so they asked you like about your life, what you plan to do with life. And then like, there was like questions about the university because you have to have school spirit to be on court too. And then that got nominated down. And then the third Is Tyra at the final level? No, the football team. So I had to go to a bunch of men with thick (laughs) necks. Yes. Yeah. So then I got interviewed by the football players and the coaches. And like, I literally sat in front of all of them. It was the seniors because it's for senior stuff. So I had to sit in front of all of them and they asked me questions and stuff. And I was like, I never fucked any of y'all. So this might not work in my favor. (laughs) But it might work because now you have the potential to fuck. Then I got chosen and it got narrowed down. Probably like a hundred people got narrowed down to five. So what do you get? Recognition. That's obscene. <laughs> That's actually the, obscene. Um, you get to be in the parade. So you have to ride in a convertible and then wave at people. And then you they call your name at the football game that has thousands of people there. But so did your high school. And your, well, it was way more, though, way more. Then your parents, your parents are also involved. So they like announce you at the football game over the loudspeaker and who your parents are. And then they walk you onto the field. And um, you also get to just like sit on the field during the game. And then everybody's like, like little girls think you're like a princess. I had (laughs) no idea this happened in college. Wow. Before we get into Don't Blame Them, I do think this is a great opportunity to comment on the Instagram. If your college had a homecoming court, I would love to know. If your college is more like Melissa's or if it was more like mine, where it's a lot of decrepit, rundown houses where people are making drugs and, you know, rogue police officers shooting up as well as sweltering heat and just barf yeah anyways <laughs> should we play don't blame them we should don't blame them is where a listener will call in with their own advice pertaining to a call we had played on a previous episode maybe you have personal experience um maybe you agree with what we said maybe you disagree with what we said or you just have your own insight of something that we didn't mention that you feel like might be helpful or productive for the original caller or our listeners Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm a longtime listener, and I love the podcast. I'm calling in for a Don't Blame Them for your most recent episode, addressing the caller who had a boyfriend without a high school diploma. I agreed with what you all said, but I just had some perspective to add. I have some similar experiences. I'm 27, and my boyfriend is 32. I've been with him for five years, and we met at work. At age 28, he hadn't graduated from college yet. He has a chronic illness, Crohn's disease, and has been hospitalized a number of times throughout undergrad and failed enough classes that he was on academic probation. And then he just never finished his last two makeup credits. When he first told me, I was he was so nervous to come clean that I thought he was going to tell me he cheated. 
This has been a huge source of shame and anxiety for him on top of his already stressful health situation. He has since graduated, but it required a lot of reassurance on my part that I loved him for who he was and not for his degree. He has very low self-esteem when it comes to school and a healthy dose of trauma as well. I did have to help him through making a few phone calls to the university to get enrolled in online school, but I wouldn't consider that mothering, just being a supportive partner. He is now working towards going to nursing school, but I anticipate it's going to be a long uphill battle for him given his health history and anxiety around schooling. I, as his partner, am okay with this. I'm in medical school and I'm very type A, so I have enough drive for the both of us. He has been my main support through my ups and downs, my stressful schooling, and just being an overall wonderful and sensitive partner. I tell you all this to ask you to introspect about why you feel your boyfriend not having a degree is such a deal breaker for you. What is it that you want from a partner? Is it drive? Is it a higher level of education? It's okay to want those things, but you may never get them from your boyfriend. Because even if your boyfriend does succeed in graduating from high school, he might not ever become an academic, and you need to be okay with that if you stay together. He probably has a lot of trauma around schooling, and that's going to require therapy to unpack. And I would like to add that there is a component of the patriarchy in here as well. People often comment that I'm more driven or traditionally successful than my partner. I've learned to just let it roll off me, but it does signal the ways in which we find men valuable often correlate with their status or financial contributions to relationships. I'm not, that, I'm not saying that's how you think, but it's just some food for thought. Be gentle and tread lightly when you talk to him about this subject. Do your best to be non-judgmental. He may need a healthy dose of therapy before he's ready to tackle school again. Good luck. Yeah, solid. Yeah, I think there's like a very huge, huge difference between like mothering your partner and having your partner express the things, something that they want to do, and then asking what are the steps? How I how can I help you achieve that? And you know, sometimes like administrative stuff, like making phone calls or scheduling things, that can be like for me specifically, that's like very helpful. And it's just working towards a common goal, but it's not having, you can't have a goal for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also don't think that there's anything wrong with like conceptually saying that you want a partner with higher education, but I think like she's saying, like saying, I think it's a good, like, why, what does that mean to you? Because I think that we have a lot of, there's a practical aspect of like capitalism and financial security and that aspect but then there yeah is a lot of like oh what do what are what do I think of when I think of somebody who doesn't have a high school degree or a college degree and like what do I picture when I picture what that person looks like and what do I picture that person's intelligence level as and like why do I assume that that person hasn't finished school or you know whatever that is because a lot of it is like really outdated. Because mm -hmm. like, I don't think that Mott's ever was like, yeah, I want to date. I Like, he's very academic. Like, I don't think he ever in his life, I think he probably would have put on his short list of things like that automatically someone who's like, call, like, you know, it would be assumed like someone who like has a higher like education. But yeah. that's- I mean, that was like an assumption. Yeah. I end too. It's like- you It feels like a given kind yeah, of. It's a, yeah, it does feel like a given. Like somebody- finishes high school somebody fin finishes college and that's not the case and especially moving here to LA I was like oh that's and I thought towards my senior year I was like oh this is bullshit anyway and then when I moved here and saw I was like and even like when I went to UCLA to study film and stuff I was just like if I would have started here I wouldn't be 
here, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no sense of me going to film school after I already have a degree if I had already started studying film before. And it's not like you could pick someone out of a crowd that's uh-huh. like, oh, they didn't go. To, I can Especially tell. Especially working in our industry. No, there's not at no. all. But I do think we usually equate that with drive. Yeah, and like, and it's not. It's, it's not. And I, I think that, you know, that has been... I'm not going to speak for Moss, but I do think that like my less traditional route of like education and then like job or whatever has pro- like, I think it does, you skew that and you realize like, oh, college and that stuff is, that's pretty inconsequential when I'm associating that with characteristics and ethic, like someone's like morals when those are like not the same things at all. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. anyways. That's it. Wonderful. We hope you all enjoyed. We certainly did. <laughs> we really did. What a there's so much that is getting cut out. We this spoke episode. for what, like two and a half hours? Six thirty right now. You're fucking kidding me. Nope. God damn. Wow. What a day. What a day. If you enjoyed the episode, please go leave us a review. We would appreciate it immensely. Yeah, we don't have any new ones. And that's your fault. <laughs> leave a review. If you want to watch the video version of the podcast, head on over to Patreon. You can also just support the podcast by becoming a patron. We also do live streams twice a month. They're so fun. Great way to have some social connection without, you know, COVID connecting. You you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? If you need some advice, we know you do sexual, funny, give us some of those. Like, we love, we we always want to help in like the real intense stuff too, but like, where are the people who fucked twin brothers? Like, give us some crazy, wild, juicy drama, giggly, mm-hmm. wild stuff. We, yeah. we we need some of that in my life. Do you remember peak COVID? And we were angry because this was peak COVID. But that girl that like fucked somebody in the barn. Yeah, come back. And then fucked like his cousin or something yep. in the house. If you're vaccinated, welcome back. <laughs> like I want to know some more stuff. I, I want that, that stuff included. And like I don't know if people. I think we mentioned it before, but like we were very adamant on not taking any calls that involved like people breaking like COVID guidelines and all of that. Um, as we do not endorse the CDC COVID guidelines, but vaccines have been readily available, and so we are. Give us your calls. Yeah, we're okay with it now. If you've been to an orgy, give and us a call. Was tested before, great. I mean, to be fair, I think that I mean, they do. those people know, who are regularly testing that they do. I was gonna say, I feel like I know for a fact, too. It's probably because you told me. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick. Anyways, not that I went. I just know somebody that went. <laughs> you think that this bitch, this bitch, <laughs> I'm dying at the fucking idea that of all of the things <laughs> they like, you're like, no, I'm not gonna like not safe, not safe, not safe. It's like taking so many precautions. And then you're like, the first thing you did when you were like, okay, I'm ready, you went to get a massage. And the idea that like you would be massage next order business or to me is I'm like, before I pick, like, they're like, what do you mean? Yeah. That's a lot of people. That is. That's. I know some people that just go and watch. I can't even watch people kiss and on they, TV. Like, have, they just have sex with their partner, but they watch everybody else. I no no shade to anyone else. Like I literally can't even watch people kiss on TV. I get so uncomfortable. You want to know something weird? What? And I didn't know it was weird until I had vocalized it as a child. I was like, as I really child. like watching people kiss. Shut 
the fuck up. <laughs> your parents, your poor. I told Megan, my sister. Oh, then she was like, okay, horny. Yeah. Well, That's... she, I mean, she's younger, so oh, she didn't get it. But did so you were corrupting her. Give me little tingles. And I don't know what that was then. That's actually <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah, I have the exact opposite. But I like never even put two and two together that like my therapist was like, why do you think that is? And I was like, oh, damn, bitch. Okay. But because I read, I was like, I was like, it doesn't really like affect me like, if I see like a gay couple on TV, like kissing or anything like that. She was like, and so, and I was like, oh my God, everything is childhood trauma. I was like, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. I was like, whatever. No, but I did watch, to be fair, if it gets like intense with any, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable. But like, you know, I'm like, I like, can't watch people like peck kiss on The Bachelor. I'm like, Ugh. well, that's different. Or, first of all, it's, performative in a way that like they just want to look hot but they don't when it's like somebody on tv that's supposed to be like acting it's a different type i just need to know that they kiss and i'm like great and then i I can't watch anymore makes me so uncomfortable people are like do you watch porn i'm like do you think i can watch porn we saw the photograph together right yeah okay i remember when we were in the theater and you're like no way she just came his hands are visible what's there we were it was just <laughs> us at me, matinee showing okay the end yeah goodbye Bye. don't blame me is a production by me executive produced by melissa demonts and diamond imprint productions edited by coco lawrence post-production sound by chris henry production assistance by melanie d watson Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.